Es gibt kluge Leute, aber nur blöde Gruppen. July 20th. I am the teacher. I am sitting in my room. I am looking at my teaching material and wondering how I will present it to my students who idolize me. I look at those empty chairs and think how in some time they will begin to slowly fill up. Empty minds will gaze at me or gaze away from me, but hopefully by the end of the class they will be just a little less empty. It was all that I could hope to achieve. At some point those minds, if they don't fill up completely, will close off and nothing more will go in. Some are already at that stage. After a few minutes, I am joined by one teacher who wants to talk to me about something. He doesn't have a class of his own that morning but I'm not sure what he's doing in my class. We talk about this and that, and I try to indicate to him my anticipation of my duties. Students will be showing up soon, after all. He ignores my protests and natters on. I start to get nervous. What is wrong with this person? Another teacher is walking by in the hall and sees the two of us talking and comes in and joins our conversation. We're mostly talking about what we had done on the weekend. The other teachers, both of whom are single, are telling me about the types of parties that they went to and the kinds of women that they met and how they convinced them to go home with them. A fourth teacher joins our conversation, perhaps because he wants to hear about the adventures of the school's greatest playboys, and then a fifth and a sixth come in. By now, the students have begun drifting into the classroom. I move over to them and hear that they are talking about the homework. One student understands it better than the other, but even that student hasn't understood it completely. I tried to explain important elements of the assignment to help them understand the larger picture of what is involved, which takes some time. While I'm doing this, more students walk into the room. Their group grows from five to 10 people, and I notice that some students who aren't in my class normally are among them. They seem to be talking about violent sports, or perhaps a fight that had taken place in the schoolyard. I asked them more about what they are talking about, but I noticed that their attention has shifted to the front of the classroom where my teaching colleagues are talking. That group has now grown to eight. I walk back to them and see that they have begun talking about their work grievances. Overtime, low salaries, benefits being cut. I ask them why they are talking about this in my classroom, and they tell me to butt out 
that I probably don't have the same grievances they do since my wife earns more money than I do and we can live comfortably. I tell them that is none of their business, but they ignore me. Some of the students are scowling at the intrusion since two of the teachers are among the most unpopular in the school while others are just laughing. The students in my class are nearly all present by now, but not all of them are sitting down, and I'm starting to get the feeling that I'm losing control of the situation. The students are beginning to move closer to the teachers and are trying to listen to what they are saying. By now, the teachers are talking about striking, and two of them seem to be very angry with one another and are practically ready to exchange blows. I beg the teachers to show a good example, but all I get is an elbow in the arm. I see the students. They have become very noisy and have formed small groups. One group is playing music on mini speakers. Another is practicing wrestling and judo moves and a group of girls have broken out their makeup. Some students by the open window have seen their friends and are calling them up to the classroom. They say that the teachers are on strike today. Soon there are more than 80 students in my classroom and there's pushing and shoving. The principal runs into the classroom and asks what the noise is all about and what this talk of strike is all about, then orders us back to work. One of the female teachers comes up behind him and pushes him down. Two of the students walk over and start kicking him in the ribs. I try to get them off him, but soon there are five kicking the principal and me. Now more teachers have run into the room to help the principal. Students are running out of the room to disturb students in the other rooms, and everything is chaos. Soon, nobody can study in any classroom in the whole school. I see that the police have arrived. I pull the fire alarm in a hope to clear the building. The principal is a bloody mess. Several knives have been drawn. The teachers hear the alarm and begin setting fires with the students' notes and textbooks. Soon parts of the school are on fire. In the end, five students and a teacher are severely burned, having been pushed into the fire by jealous and insane colleagues and classmates. After the incident, nobody goes to school for two weeks. Teachers' Union unites to deny involvement and to criticize the incident. The Student Council does the same. I have the role of investigator and spend my days interviewing the participants individually. I ask them the same question always. Would you have done something like this by yourself? How can you repair the damage? How can we go back and change the past? What could we have done to change the outcome, to remove the cause of incidents like this? 
each person expresses great regret at what has happened. At the end of it all, I present my report to a group of police investigators. Their scowls deepen as they hear the report. More and more of them come into the room. They stand up as one, walk over to me unsheathing their clubs, sharpening their knives.